Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. It is our great joy to bring you the Word of God so that you can hear it and you can apply it to your life so that you will continue to grow and be faithful in the things of God. As you listen to this message today, ask the Lord to just lead you and guide you and help you so that He can use your life to make a difference in the people that you come in contact with every day. This is our day and this is our hour to be the light of the world so that God can make a difference. At the end of today's message, we're going to give you more information on how to connect with us online and or in person. We'd love to connect with you and help you to grow in the things of God. Now come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's Word. A popular line in a song says that in every life, a little rain must fall. But in some of our lives, we experience more than just a little rain. Sometimes we're in a thunderstorm. At other times, we're in a flood. And there are those who've had to deal with hurricanes, storm surges, and when the waters are out of the riverbanks to flood stage. There are things that happen in our lives from time to time that are storms. If you could observe people while they're in the midst of a storm, you would notice a wide variety of responses. People respond differently when they're going through trials and struggles. Some people would draw and just get quiet and disengage and you can't find them because they don't want to be around anybody. Other people wail and moan so that everybody know their problems. Some would be angry at the world and at God for their situation, the things that they're dealing with. And some would rise up to the challenge to try to make some good out of their problems. And our ability to weather the storms of life come down to our perspective of the storms when we are in it. Paul the Apostle was no stranger to trials. And he was no stranger to storms or difficulties in his life. And yet his response while he was in a trial is worth examining. And I want us to do that tonight out of the book of Philippians chapter 1. And I was going to begin at verse 9, but I think I want to take a look a little earlier before verse 9 in Philippians. Philippians chapter 1. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi. So I want you to notice that he's writing to the saints, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, together with the overseers and the deacons. So he's talking to the church, and this is one of the rare times that he specifically addressed those who are church leaders along with everybody else. He says, all the saints and those who are elders and overseers, that can be translated elders, and deacons. So those of you who are in the church tonight, you probably are working in some area of ministry and serving in some area. So I want you to pay close attention because this words will be of benefit to you. He says in verse 2, grace and peace to you from our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he says, I thank my God every time I remember you. And all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel 
from this, from the first day until now. And don't you know when we're working together, we're all partners in the gospel. We're all partners in the spreading of the good news. We're all working together. We should be all working together for the same purpose, and that is to spread the good news. Now, we don't uh, get saved just to come to church. We get saved and we come to church so we can learn how to go out and share the good news so that someone's life can be impacted and someone can be brought from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light and come to know Jesus Christ. That's why we do what we do. We worship so that that can happen. We sing so that can happen. We pray so that that can happen. We fast so that that can happen. We assemble so that that can happen as an end result. And here is the word of encouragement. He tells the saints and the overseers and the deacons, verse 6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. He who began a good work, so he encourages them. He who started the work, he who saved you, he who delivered you, he who opened a door for you, he who began whatever he began in you, doesn't matter where you are right now on your journey, he who began it will complete it. And sometimes we can become discouraged because we feel like we can't make it to the end, but you didn't start it and you won't finish it. It is God who started it in you and it is he who will finish it in you. And look at what he says in verse 7. It is right for me to feel this way about you since I have you in my heart, whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel. Paul, when he wrote this, was imprisoned and he was in chains, but yet he was encouraging and speaking words of encouragement to those who were free and out of prison and encouraging them to keep on doing the work. And verse 9 is where I want to go. And this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that come through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Now I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has already served to advance the gospel. He, they know what had happened to him. They know that he was in prison. And he said, I want you to know that what has happened to me, here's what I want you to say, what has happened to me. He said, what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Because of my chain, most of the brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and fearlessly. Let's look at that for a little bit. Paul encourages the believers in Philippi to grow in love to grow in their knowledge, to grow in their insight, having God as a priority and growing to spiritual maturity. That comes from a man who's in chains for the work of the Lord, doing what God has ordained in his life, being obedient and faithful to God, being locked up in prison, but yet he's encouraging the others. He's saying that, that if you're mature and you're growing in Christ, you will have made up your mind that God's purposes in your life will have priority in your life. 
That's what he's looking for, believers, to grow to the point of maturity that God's purposes in your life will have priority in your life. And the key in this passage is Paul saying, you know, whatever has happened to me, I found a way to turn it around so God can get some glory out of it. And that's what I want to encourage to you tonight in turning around the storm. Whatever storm comes in your life, turn it around so that God can get glory out of it. These are the words spoken by Paul was he was in the midst of a storm. He wrote these letters while imprisoned. He was under house arrest for two years. And during these two years, a Roman guard was chained to him for 24 hours a day. That's being in close company. Now, I want to look at Paul's attitude and his interest. In verse 12, he says, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. What's happened to me has made the gospel go further. How does that happen? Because of his attitude and saying, uh, because this has happened, I can look for an opportunity to do some more work for the Lord. And when something happens to you, if you have that attitude and look for how God can use that, it will help you to weather the storm and turn it around. The first thing that usually happens to us is self-pity when we get in the storm. Lord, why did this happen to me? Lord, why am I going through this? You know, I wasn't expecting this. This is more than I think I can handle. I, this, I'm just crushed. I'm, I'm, I'm buried. I'm overwhelmed. All of these things are happening to me, and I don't know what I'm going to do with it. And sometimes we have, a, we have self-pity, and then sometimes we go through periods where we're just depressed and we're oppressed, and we don't feel like doing anything. And if you don't watch out, you just have a long, long period of doing and producing nothing but worry and concern and anxiety and frustration. And Paul says, when I got in prison, I looked for a way. In fact, the Bible says in one passage that the whole household of the guards of Caesar got, got saved. And Paul says, here's another way to put the gospel into the Romans. Here's another way to get the gospel into Caesar's household. You know, that they're sticking these guards with me. And how did this gospel spread? Every time they changed shifts, he preached to the next one. And that one would get saved and he would go off and somebody else would come and he'd preach to that one and that one would get saved. And he'd go off and spread the news to his house and his whole house would get saved. And another one would come and be his guard. He'd preach to that one. Paul said, you know, this thing could work out. If we allow storms to direct our action and reaction, we'll always be tossed about. Because the storms are coming. Jesus said that. He says, uh, uh, the man that builds his house on the word is like building his house on a solid foundation so that when the storms come, not if they come, because the storms will come, and then how are we going to respond to that? There are a lot of things that, we, that are happen to us that we're not in control of. You may be doing some good. You may be doing good work, and bad things can still happen. Unpleasant things can still happen in your life. But God can get glory out of it if we look for the glory and how God can use us in the middle of those circumstances. If we look outward instead of just inward, we can find that God can use us. From the time of his conversions on the Damascus Road, Paul understood his calling. He understood what God wanted to do in his life. And his understanding of that purpose enabled him to look at every circumstance as an opportunity to fulfill that purpose. 
He says, I know that God called me to preach the gospel. I know that he called me to spread the gospel. And, you know, he had an insatiable zeal and a desire, the same zeal and, and fervor and desire that he had to persecute the saints. God used that to preach the word. And he would preach it in season and out of season. He didn't care whether he preached it to the, to the blind and the beggar. He didn't care whether he preached it to the emperor or, or King Agrippa or whomever. Wherever he was, he had the same message. And he just changed it so he can get it to the person on the level they can understand it. Paul said, you can do what you want to do with me. I'm still going to preach. So what about us? Do you know the purpose for which you were called? If God saved you, he saved you for a purpose. Oh, you may not have a good, clear understanding of what it is, but you need to ask him, Lord, what's my purpose? God have us in a place where we are right now to help fulfill that purpose, whether we're on a job or, or we're on a vocation or we're in school and we think that we might just be transitioning through that. God will use that to help fulfill the purpose for which he has called you. This is Jerry G. Martin, and thank you once again for joining us as we have brought the Word of God to you, and we are hopeful that your life has been enriched and that you have been encouraged. It is such a privilege to come to you, no matter where you are. You may be in your home or your automobile or your place of business. If you would like to hear today's message again in its entirety, you can do so by going to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. Again, that's The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You can also join us on our website at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. And as always, I invite you to be our guest at The Light of the World. We meet each Sunday at 10 a.m. at 16161 Old Humble Road. If you're in Atasca, Cedar, Kingwood, Summerwood, Fall Creek, North Houston, Northeast Houston, you're in our neighborhood. Come and be our guest. I want to remind you that the Beacon Christian Bookstore is located right here on our campus. Almost every Christian bookstore in our city has closed, but we have an inventory of Bibles, communion supplies, Sunday school books, offering envelopes, study materials, or whatever you might need. Call The Beacon at 281-441-2885. Again, that's 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, May the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.